Well, commutes are long for some people. <laughs> They, they were before this coronavirus thing happened. You remember commuting wasn't that fun? But in another of many changes, life seems to be changing in Silicon Valley. We'll talk about the changing nature of your commute with a guy who knows a little about Silicon Valley. George Kurtica from Joust joins us. Today's May 22nd, and this is Money with Friends. Welcome back to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihai. And I'm still in Portland, Oregon, still in my apartment. <laughs> this is George Kurtka. <laughs> this is this is the podcast. We could have been saying that for the last two months. I'm still Joe, and I'm still in the basement, right? <laughs> this is the podcast where we cover recent stories ripped from the financial press. Today, we're going to tackle one from Business Insider. Not only do we read them like some podcasts do, but we also dive into how they affect your wallet and what you can do to invest, save, pay down debt, maybe commute more effectively. And if that's not enough, we'll also share a big idea at the end of this show that you can take with you to be better with money the rest of your day, all in usually less than 20 minutes. Today's show is brought to you by Tiller Money. That's the place I go to have my financial life updated automatically in Google Sheets. Uh, it's the most flexible way to track your money in one place. If you want to check out managing your money using Tiller Money, head to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. And not only will you get a month to play with it, but also, if you decide the annual subscription's for you, you'll get 10% off. So that's tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. And the man back with us one more time, George Kurtica. How are you, man? I am great. It's good to be back. Um, a lot of exciting things happening. Um, you know, economies are reopening, states are reopening, Joust is getting acquired. <laughs> so, ooh. Yeah, you know, not too busy at all. <laughs> I love how you held that to be the third thing, right? As if it's no big deal. Not that. No that big deal. It hasn't caused me any undue stress uh, at all uh, for the last, uh, you know, month when, you know, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's exciting times. And, and uh, as I said earlier this week on the podcast, uh, you know, we're, we're excited about the new, the new uh, future and being able to continue the mission. And you told us yesterday, you can't yet tell us where you're headed, but it's someplace cool, someplace exciting. And uh, so congratulations on that. But I have to ask you, when when you're first entering into these negotiations, what is, I mean, obviously the price of the company is pretty damned important, but what are some of the factors that people really don't think about that ends up being a big deal when you're thinking about maybe uh, joining forces with another company? Yeah. Um, so I've been on both sides of the merger and acquisition um, before. And, you know, I think in, in doing that, you sort of have a little bit of a, you know, maybe a list of priorities, right? Team, you know, being able to keep a hold of your team is hugely important. Um, you know, I think uh, oftentimes they're, you know, an, an acquisition can turn into an aqua hire where they only want select talent. Uh, and so you have to move on the rest of your team, which is sort of sad, especially now when we're at 25% unemployment in this country. So team became a huge part of it. The mission, you know, product, you'd want to make sure that your product lives on in some form or another, especially if you're passionate about it. Um, but also just like culture and alignment, right? I, I think, um, 
it's really like you may not like get the best price you're looking for. Um, certainly, I know I've been on the side where we've lowballed uh, companies, but the culture and the people, you know, were sort of two of the key catalysts. Like, hey, I could take a low valuation, but as long as we get to work with you, for you, with this person, with that person, um, you know, that that sometimes uh, you know gets people a, a little over the maybe the lower price than they expected. I can't imagine it had to be some sleepless nights. Sleepless nights, empty wine bottles, you know, all, all of the above. <laughs> it's amazing how wine keeps finding its way back in the podcast. Not only wine, a lot of wine being poured in Silicon Valley. Well, not as much as there was before, maybe permanently. We're going to talk about that in a second. Let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. This is Bethany from the Money Millhouse. P.E. ratios, stock purchase plans, Federal Reserve meetings, we must be getting ready for another episode of Money with Friends. All right. Today's piece, as I mentioned earlier, comes to us from Business Insider. Uh, uh, this is near and dear to George's heart. So big thanks to you, man, for bringing this to us. It's by Katie Canales. And uh, the headline is, an urban flight, in quotes, from the San Francisco Bay Area could be accelerated as more people work remotely in the future and flock to less expensive U.S. cities. You want to do the honors? Sure will. When people start returning to work, it will look very different from what we were used to in the quote unquote before times prior to the coronavirus pandemic. Design firms say employers may have to implement one way hallways to minimize cross traffic. Workstations may be staggered. You might be part of an office cohort with a few handfuls of your coworkers. You may only go into the office on days when you have group work with indiv individual tasks completed at home. There may be single occupancy bathrooms, which I think is good. And the workday may be shorter to allow cleaning rooms ample time to conduct the kind of rigorous wipe down needed. But even as companies ponder eventual office reopenings, thousands have adapted their, to remotely working out of their homes, causing many to rethink the purpose of the workplace. We don't really keep offices to deal with the work that we do. Uh, Melissa Hanley, the CEO of Design Studio Blitz, told Business Insider, so why do we go to the office? Where we do work is definitely shifting, said Hanley, whose firm has developed designs for the likes of Skype, Google, and Microsoft. Before the pandemic upended daily life, many did not have efficient work areas carved out of their homes, including those living in pint-sized spaces in the Bay Area. I do think it's going to have a major impact in our homes, she said. I think about apartments in San Francisco. They don't have space for home offices, or at least a legitimate home office. That's why Hanley said we could see an urban flight from dense major cities. Many are rethinking their decision to live in such pricey, bustling places as the pandemic-driven shutdown spells the closure of desirable urban amenities like bars and museums, as Business Insider's uh, area Bendix has reported. Maybe that's not so bad, and I get way more for my money somewhere else, Hanley said. I can actually have that home office. That includes the Bay Area, where a trickle of fleeing residents have already formed in recent years as the exorbitant cost of living, soaring housing prices, and a low supply of homes have made it difficult for many to retain a lifestyle in the urban environment. Real estate site Redfin found that San Francisco lost more residents than any other city in the U.S. in the last quarter of 2017. A 2018 study from the Bay Area Council Advocacy Group found that 46% of residents said they plan to leave the region. 46%. 
As for the reasons why, 45% of residents cited high living costs, 27% cited rising housing prices, and a 2019 Brunswick Group survey of 300 tech workers in the Valley found that 41% of 18 to 34-year-olds plan to leave the region in the next year. There's even a Silicon Valley startup that offers tech workers a $10,000 stipend to leave the Bay Area and work remotely in co-working spaces outside the region. Tech companies are tasked with incentive the best of the tech talent stock with high salaries, equity, and out-of-the-box job perks like catered meals, bountiful stack of snack assortments, and on-site exercise options. But it's getting more difficult to convince workers that living in such a high-cost city is worth it. Okay, George, I knew this was bad. I didn't know that almost one in two wanted to get the hell out. One in, like, one in two, that's crazy. I, I believe it because I am one of those people. Uh, you know, 10 years ago, uh, I moved to Portland, Oregon from San Francisco because of that reason. And, and the prices only went up and up. Um, you know, I did have to move back for a brief stint. Um, and it was insane. I think the what I paid for rent. I saw a website. There's a new startup that um, will uh, take your rent price and then you could pick a location outside of San Francisco, you know, Portland, Seattle, whatever. And it'll help you build your house, build a house for you. Um, and, and, you know, and what you pay for rent. So for if your rent is, you know, $4,000 a month in San Francisco, which it often is, and that's a 500 square foot apartment, you know what you can get for $4,000, you know, for a mortgage and to build a house somewhere else. It's, 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 it's crazy. And so once people start realizing that, and now that you don't have to be there, um, yeah, it makes sense to get out. Yeah. I'm thinking $4,000 a month in Texarkana, Texas, where I live for a decade. You're, you're king of the city, dude. You are yeah. king of the city for $4,000 a month. Yeah. And, um, and this is, you know, this is, I think going to be very interesting to see, you know, Silicon Valley has been the center of innovation for many years, Google, Yahoo, Facebook, you know, Apple, they're all there. And, uh, now you've got States like Maine and, and Vermont and o Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, are, are paying people to move there $10,000 upwards of $10,000 to come and move uh, and, you know, and work and live uh, in those States. And so, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's a trend that, that now at this point is going to be exacerbated. You're also seeing layoffs, Uber laid off 3000 people uh, this week. Uh, and, and so those are 3000 tech workers that are going to say, you know what, maybe I'm just going to cash in my chips and go, you know, back home, you know, Des Moines, somewhere in the Midwest where maybe they're from. And, and, you know, we also did that as joust. We, we moved to Austin, Texas, because we realized that, um, you know, tech Austin seems to be a very, you know, powerful growing tech hub, you know, Tesla may even move one of their gigafactories there. So, um, yeah, I think you're going to see the rise of secondary cities and, and potentially the suburbs. But, but um, the other the, the other thing, sorry, was the um, car ownership, too. I did see uh, that demand for car ownership is actually going up because people are like, I'm not going to get in a, in a stranger's Uber COVID-19. Yeah. I might catch, you know, that. So that's that's the other thing that's that's huge now. That's a reverse trend. I didn't think about that as an unintended consequence as uh, ride sharing was going through the roof. And, and in fact, we were having a conversation last week, uh, Cheryl, my spouse and I, about the fact that, um, you know, like my nephews don't even want to own a car. 16, 17 years old, don't really care about cars and going through why that is. But now, now it seems like that will probably, that'll probably change at least in the short run. But, but I look at cities like Austin as an example, you know, a city where commuting is pretty damn tough around Austin, a lot of, uh, you know, the infrastructure way behind the number of people that want to live there, but still this phenomenal vibe of a city, right. And this vibrance and people moving there because other smart people are there. 
But my big question then is having other smart people in the room. If, 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 if you've gotten Silicon Valley, this huge amount of brains, and that's why people live there and now they're no longer there. Are people going to make the jump? Are people going to make the jump to all these relationships are online? Like, I really feel like all the arguing we do on Facebook, we are not equipped as animals to be able to get the brains together online like we do face to face. Yeah, it's good. I mean, listen, we made the conscious decision as a company to be remote first because we wanted to be able to hire and retain talent and let them live wherever they wanted to live. And I think we're ahead of the curve, you know, I think, um, you know, with Square and Twitter saying work from home for, you know, indefinitely uh, to Zillow CEO saying definitely by the end of the year, it's changed my perception of work from home. I didn't think people would be as productive. It turns out people are on time more uh, because your meetings have a definite start and end time, right? Your Zoom meeting ends, you got to jump on another one. Uh, and, and, and collaboration tools like Slack have, have, have improved sort of office communication and the way that Slack works and, and how you can integrate apps. And so, my, you know, we generally try to uh, not even use email when communicating internally. And, and, and you know, that, that cuts down on that as well. So, you know, you have Slack and Zoom and here you are in this new world. And in the last nine weeks, people have realized, hey, we're actually getting a lot of the same stuff done. In fact, some of my employees, like, they're, they're you know, they're they're more productive because they're not, you know, disappearing for half an hour and going to have that water cooler conversation. But I kind of miss those water cooler conversations too. <laughs> well, well, I do too. And I was just on a call with, uh, with, uh, Westwood one, um, the network we're now part of Woo-hoo! the, uh, had to get that in there. Did you know we're a part of Westwood one? Um, just do a little, <laughs> little, Hey, 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 yes. Uh, I am a name dropper, but, um, but seriously, I was on a call and there's a woman who has a fairly new, uh, a, a brand new podcast coming out and she is a, uh, top, uh, psychologist who works with uh, lots of hospital groups on the, on the East coast. And it was interesting because she was talking about how, when you have these online meetings, you don't get this, your body has a chemical reaction when you find out that we're in the same room together and we're friendly to each other and we're collaborating versus on a Zoom meeting. And she said, you know, all these people going on Zoom lately trying to have these meetings and yet you're, we're not getting that togetherness, George. We're not getting that same feeling that we get when we're face to face in the room together. So I would think to some degree, getting the team together literally together, even if we're six feet apart is still going to be important for companies. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, we'll save the discussion about schools and classrooms and if, if students are going to go back to school in the fall for another day. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, the, the, um, uh, there will be a shift. I think, you know, you'll get teams together still, I think, you know, maybe quarterly, uh, it'll probably be outdoors or, you know, somewhere where you could have some space. And, uh, and I'm, you know, I think I'm cool with that, right? Like I'm cool with outdoor, maybe not in Austin in the middle of the summertime, but I am cool with like outdoor meetings. And, and, you know, I think, uh, being able to be safely, you know, socially distant when things start to return. Um, but you know, it's, it, it really is, um, you know, going to, I think, and here's sort of, um, you know, uh, tie it back to money, um, these large corporations like JP Morgan Chase, who I worked at, were never equipped for remote work, right? Like your, your workstation is is safe and secure and you're not allowed to take your work home and everything's virtualized. They're going to be spending billions of dollars on now uh, propping up their remote capabilities. Right. And so it infrastructure, 
massive, right? Like spend, you know, think about a company like Goldman Sachs who had to move everybody remote in a matter of weeks. Um, I know the CTO there is a former friend of mine and CTO at Nokia. And so, you know, these companies are going to be spending more and more money, making sure that their remote workforce um, is is able to continue and communicate. Uh, and that, so I think that's a huge opportunity um, for, you know, investors out there. If we do this uh, show live on Facebook, uh, sometimes on YouTube. Today we're on Facebook. If you head to the Stacky Benjamins Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins, you'll be here with us. And uh, uh, Jennifer hanging out with us says, I think there will need to be some face-to-face via teleconference and phone calls to encourage relationships. Good relationships can move a business goal forward and help a team resolve problems and build solutions. Man, I think, I think Jen, even getting people just face-to-face in the same room is still going to be super important. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we as a team have now, you know, tried to figure out how do we do design sprints? How do we do, um, you know, iteration on, on product design when you don't have a whiteboard? Right. Um, you know, like and now I'm a geek. I have a whiteboard, you know, here in my apartment, but uh, it's not the same uh, when you can't like, you know, go up and show someone that they're wrong or draw a line somewhere or, or, or you know, collaborate with them. And it's going to be different. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely sure how we're going to do design sprints over Zoom. Um, you know, that's where we'd like to bring the whole team together in a room for a week and, you know, wherever they're traveling from. And so I think we'll try and do some some sort of, uh, you know, version of that. Um, you know, it's going to be different. It's going to be challenging. But I think, uh, you know, to Jennifer's um other point, uh, team building activities should be included in future budgets to foster the yeah. connections and understanding. I think that's massively important. You know, you're going to have to, you know, and, and, you know, I think the unsaid thing in a lot of this is like Jack Dorsey letting people to go work wherever is you don't have to pay people Silicon Valley salaries anymore if you're not living in Silicon Valley. So <laughs> I think that's going to be, you know, something where, you know, you'll have more budget because you don't have to pay an engineer $275,000 a year if they're not working at Google and living in Mountain View. You could then fly the team in, you know, four times a year and, and have team building activities. Boy, and the the and and really letting people live where they want is is pretty exciting. But this also changes the nature of our houses, right? I mean, I think that for all of us, our houses become part home, like we've had before, where we wanted to be comfortable, but now part office. And I'm wondering, you know, for some people, does this discriminate? even more than we do today between the haves and the have nots, right? If I'm on a Zoom call and I've got four, uh, I've got four uh, roommates and I'm living in a studio apartment that we're all sharing in, um, you know, name a city because we can't afford any place better. I think that that affects your career more than it ever has. Yeah, that's, uh, that's super interesting. You know, you had places in, 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 you know, Mountain View and where Google's home is, you know, you engineers six to a room and bunk beds yeah. um, that I've seen. And, and yeah, there's no privacy in, in something like that. So you're either all going to be outside on laptops with your ear, Apple, you know, AirPods in on, on your separate zoom meeting, uh, or at some point you're just going to realize this is not worth it. I'm going to, I'm going to leave. Uh, why, why would I want to stay here if this is the new normal? So yeah, I think, um, you know, I've, I've talked to a friend today who's moving from Brooklyn up to the, you know, Westchester suburbs. I've talked to, you know, folks, 
like just in the past few weeks who said, listen, I'm tired of being crammed in my tiny little apartment and, and I'm going to go buy a house in the suburbs that I have enough space to have a, you know, like a half finished basement like you, where you work out yeah. of Joe. Yeah. Very, very beautiful <laughs> basement here. My feet are freezing today, by the way. I don't know. The basement floor is cold today. Uh, in just a second, we're going to have our takeaways uh, from this discussion. It's fascinating to see where this is all headed. First, got to say a big thanks to Tiller Money for supporting Money with Friends. It's your financial life in Google Sheets or an Excel spreadsheet automatically updated each day. I'm not necessarily always a spreadsheet guy. I know I'm a money nerd. However, I like to go really fast. So I historically have liked using just set apps. But when I started using Tiller Money, the cool thing is there are so many people who make so many um, uh, uh, pre-designed templates of these spreadsheets. I'd have to do any work to set it up. And once I got it set up, it was super easy to tweak. And frankly, the fact that I could tweak it anyway is pretty cool. If it were an app online, I wouldn't be able to tweak it. I don't like that design. Got to either file a complaint, (laughs) hope like heck that the, George talked about design sprints. Hopefully, you know, they'd have a design sprint working on the thing that I wanted the budget to do versus all their other customers. Instead, I can just do it myself. So Tiller Money, very, very easy to manage your money and it's exactly the way you want it. So if you like a lot of data, like some people, sliced a hundred different ways or you like it just a few ways and you want it fast like i do it's tillerhq.com forward slash mwf and when you go there not only will you get a free month to check it out but you'll also uh get 10 percent off your annual subscription if you use our link it's uh tillerhq.com forward slash mwf all right george uh what do we do with this Pivot tables. That's what we need. More pivot tables in our Excel spreadsheets. No, <laughs> I think uh, uh, that sounds like a great product and maybe they should have a business version so people can, you know, fire their CFOs. But no, I, I, listen, the key takeaway here for me is uh, get out, get out while you can. Um, you know, I, I've, t- I've tossed around the idea of moving to places like Slovakia, Bratislava, you know, like Lisbon in Portugal, you know, international, I think should be um, great. Canada has even got a, you know, a work permit program that, that promises to get you two weeks um, uh, turnaround on your work permit. And and so I think that's really going to be the future, right? Like the, at the end of the day here, there's no point in living in a high cost city in a tiny apartment. Uh, you know, if you can't play in that city and with everything being shut down and social distancing and bars, maybe never getting back to the way they were, um, people are going to start to second guess their, their, their life choices on, on where they move, where they live. Uh, it may have an impact on if people decide to have families. I know that people in San Francisco said they'd never have a family because it's too expensive to have a kid. But if you live now in a place where you can, maybe people will have more babies, you know, I think there's going to be amazing down downward sort of, you know, analysis that gets done on this period in time, uh, you know, many, many years down the road, COVID babies, perhaps. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, you can imagine, you know, this, these are going to be ma- massive business school studies in the future, whatever the future of business school looks like. So for me, you know, my takeaway here is do it. I've done it. I think, um, you know, more companies being receptive to it can only be a good thing. It's funny at the start of, uh, this whole thing, I, Cheryl and I were on one of our many walks that have become our daily walk, right. Just to get out of the house. And, and I said, it feels like 
you know, the, the, the industrial age now is finally coming to a big shutter close. Like you just, you felt it for the last 20 years, but now you're really feeling the closing door on, on a lot of this uh, stuff. And, and we don't know where we're headed, but man, it's going to be, it's going to be so different. And I think about the fact that when people look at their investments and I'm just going to use this as an analogy, George, people look at their investments. I always had people when I was a financial planner, it would tell me, well, this is general electric. They've been fine for the last hundred years. They're going to be fine next year. Well, look at what happened to general electric just before this, you know, general electric was in a world of hurt before this. I don't even know what general, I haven't followed general electric the last eight weeks, but, but, but I, but different, look at, you know, what Disney's gone through lately. There's never, never anything that lasts forever. And if you're, if you're somebody who is investing or living as if things aren't changing, I think, uh, I think this is a really, really hard time for those people. I mean, you, you can't, you can't invest. Apple's not going to be the number. I hate to tell people Apple and Amazon are not going to be the main players 30 years from now. They won't be. Um, even Jeff Bezos has said that before. Somebody's going to come out of nowhere. They're going to eat their lunch. Uh, Elon Musk has said it with uh, Tesla. He said, you know why he thinks they can design a better car is because they have these brand new factories where it's all built in one place. And he can now upload a program that changes everything about how the car runs. Ford can't do that because Ford's plants are too old. And because of that, they're, and they're built on different platforms. So, but, but Elon Musk then said 20 years from now, somebody's going to come along with the new thing and he's going to have all these legacy plants. You know, the airlines, when a new airline comes in, they don't have all of these uh, contracts with, with people that work on the airline. So they can pay people bottom dollar to get the airline moving, work with JetBlue, work with, uh, with uh, Southwest. Don't get me wrong, they still have to have a good product. But whenever anybody tells me I'm investing in Apple because it's forever or I'm doing something because it's forever, <laughs> you're not even working in your office anymore, George. Nothing's forever. No, yeah, don't be long. Anything I think is the is the is the long and short of it. Uh, maybe don't be too long. The, yeah, I mean, maybe uh, also you should get out of commercial real estate while you can. Yeah, <laughs> holy cow, that's going to be a mess. I can't imagine what happens there. I mean, maybe commercial real estates in some of these little towns people are talking about moving to. You know, I mean, yeah. owning if there's a beautiful town in Vermont like you were talking about, and maybe owning a little WeWork kind of office space there where people can go in and have a little team meeting of this beautiful setting in this idyllic downtown. I have a feeling yeah, so space, right. As long as you have space now and we work has always been really crammed. So you're right. I think that if you can do it with a place that has more space, that would be great. Maybe that's our business venture, George. Let's do it. So as, as people, <laughs> as people uh, are wondering what the heck's going on with joust the next couple of weeks, you're going to have some big news. Where do they find you? Yeah. Um, so joust.com, um, you know, we are going through an acquisition, as I mentioned, and it is exciting. Um, it's, uh, you know, we've got a lot of new news to share, uh, hopefully by the end of this month. Um, if everything and the lawyers keep us honest, I think we'll, uh, we'll be able to share, uh, you know, starting June 1st, uh, all the news. So go to joust.com, keep, uh, keep track of what we're doing. We're excited. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot to share uh, very soon. So thanks for you know, for giving me the opportunity when I basically said nothing other than go to jobs.com. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Well, they can follow you on social media too, right? Yeah, you can follow, um, you know, me at GM Kurtica. Um, I know that's hard, but G-M-K-U-R-T-Y-K-A or at Joust. Um, yeah. You know, we're there. Um, we're going to keep those handles. We're going to keep social media. Um, we're going to keep the brand. Uh, so, yeah, look us up. Keep following us. We're going to we're going to share more. 
Well, I got to say, man, it was great getting to know you the last four months. We've had a, a heck of a roller coaster time, and I'm glad you were able to help us through it with all of your uh, inside business discussions. The PPP stuff was invaluable, just kind of showing us uh, from a business owner perspective uh, what we should be focused on and what we shouldn't be focused on has been great. So I really appreciate you hanging out with us. It's been an absolute blast and my pleasure. I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully doing this again with the Westwood One Radio Network. Uh, yes. Did I tell you we're on Westwood One, by the way? Yeah. All right. He's George. I'm Joe. Bobby and I back tomorrow with more on Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2020. Ryan Cini and Nicole Thornhill from Pro Podcast Solutions engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be a part of the show. As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or other video or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Money with Friends.